All right, as they make their way out, I just want to make a few comments. Uh, you saw the theme of, about joy, and just want to focus on a couple aspects of joy. Uh, the first one is the joy of anticipation. Um, what were you doing 25 years ago today, December 16th? You're like, I have no idea. Well, I know what I was doing. I was proposing to my wife. Okay, 25 years ago today, and as you can figure out, she said yes. Uh, but I, I laid a lot of groundwork ahead of time. Uh, her dad came down a few weeks before that to Virginia from Pennsylvania. We went out uh, to a restaurant, and he might have been even a little more nervous than me because as we were making our way to the restaurant, he says, um, are we still in Lynchburg? I mean, you know, Lynchburg's not that big, and I said, yes, we are. And uh, as I told him about my, my love for Pam, um, I'll never forget, as I shared that with him, and I kind of told him my plan, that I had a plan to be in full-time ministry, because I was still in preparation for that. And um, I said, do you have any questions? And he kind of leaned forward across the table, and he said, I don't know what I would ask you. Great, good. So he gave me the green light, and uh, uh, then I uh, rented a marquee sign uh, in preparation for our engagement. Had it put out by the road. I had this huge four by eight marquee sign, and on the sign it said, Pam Walker, will you marry me? And I actually had lettering for the other side, but they were, the company was a little bit short of letters. So the other side said, Pam Walker, will you mar me? Uh, I said, that's the southern version. Uh, and, and so we're coming down the street, and she sees that sign, and the only thing that could come out of her mouth was, Roy. I'm like, I'm hoping there's more than that. Uh, yes, would be good. You know? And so we did that, and uh, God has blessed us. But the joy of anticipation. There was great anticipation that night. Um, we had talked about, you know, getting married and, and engaged, but she didn't know exactly when, and so I kind of sprung that on her, uh, but she kind of knew it was coming. Uh, but the joy of anticipation, that's what we learned a little bit about here uh, this morning, is the joy of anticipation of Christ coming to earth. There was an anticipation because there was prophecy in the Old Testament that Jesus would be born and he would be born in the town of Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 tells us that, that there would be a ruler who would come out of Bethlehem. That ruler came in the form of a baby in the person of Christ. We also see in the New Testament, when we get to the New Testament, John the Baptist was born. In Luke chapter 1 in the Gospel, we see that uh, Zechariah is told that his wife Elizabeth will conceive and she will conceive a man who will come and his name will be called John. They told him to name him John, which was not even after the family name. And they name him John. And John is the forerunner of Christ. He comes to tell and prepare the world that there is a, a Messiah coming who will deliver people from sin. And that was the message that was given to John the Baptist to do. He said he would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the righteous. 
And that's what John came to do. And when Mary then was told she was going to be great with child and give birth to a child named Jesus, the angel of the Lord told her that she would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she did. She conceived that baby. And when, when she was pregnant with Jesus and she goes to the house of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth hears the voice of Mary. It said the baby in Elizabeth, which was John the Baptist, leaped for joy. See, that was the joy of anticipation that Christ was coming. And the reason he came was to come for our mess. We're in a mess. Our world is in a mess. We are in a mess. And if you and I had time to sit down over a cup of coffee, we could talk about the mess that we're in. All we got to do is turn on the television, open the newspaper, and we can see the mess that we're in. But here's the important part. God came in the person of Jesus for the mess of the world, but he came for my mess. He came for your mess. And this is where if we could sit down over a cup of coffee, we could open the scripture and we could see that God is a personal savior. He came for Roy's mess. He came for your mess. What is that mess? The mess is there because the Bible says we are conceived. We are born in sin, separated from God. So here's the other part of joy, not just the joy of anticipation, but the joy of salvation. That God came in the person of Jesus to bring us salvation, to deliver us out of our mess. Because the point is, see, I can start coming to church. I can start doing those things, but that alone will not deliver me from my mess. Why? Because my mess is inside. It's inside of me. It's called sin. It's a thing that drives me to do what is wrong, what is contrary to God's law. And, and kids learn it early, right? What do they do? They lie to their parents. They lie to their teachers. They lie. And why? Because they have a mess inside called sin. And the reality of that sin is contrary to God's law. And being contrary to God's law, we lie. We deceive because the Bible says our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. How do I learn that? I learn that from right here. Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. If that is true then let's put my name in there. Roy's heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Let's put your name in there too. See, we're all in the same mess. We're deceitful people. We've probably all stolen something too, if we're honest. Value doesn't matter. But that again is contrary to the law of God. It shows us that we are in a mess inside that we violate God's law. That's, this is the beautiful part of Christmas. It's the anticipation that Christ was prophesied that he would come in the person of Christ, but he would grow up, not remain a baby, he would grow up 
for the purpose of sacrifice to give his life on the cross. That is the message of Christmas. He came to be the gift of salvation. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, all I have to do is recognize I'm in a mess. And I did that as a child. I realized I was in a mess. I was separated from God. All those things that you don't want to do, you do. The things you should do, you don't do. Why? Because the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And God came to give me a new heart and give you a new heart to cleanse us. That's the joy of Christmas. The joy of salvation. The Bible says they will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And it tells us in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, it says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, here it was probably referring to Israel, but in another sense it's referring to the Gentiles too because Luke was written to Gentiles, which anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile. It is for all people. When we look through the New Testament, we can see the kind of people the gospel is for. It was for tax collectors. It was for sinners. It was for fishermen. It was for outcasts. It was for the marginalized, people that were sick and lame and blind and deaf. It was for the poor. It was for the rich. It's for everyone. It's for all of us because we're all in a mess. How do we get this salvation, though? How do we get it? Well, the joy part comes when we do this thing the Bible calls repent. Now, that's a word we don't use a lot, but repent means to change your mind. It means to change your mind about your sin. You recognize you're in a mess, you have a wicked, deceitful heart, and you're going this direction in life. You're doing those things that are contrary to God's law. You're breaking God's law. You're violating God's law. And more importantly, you're breaking God's heart by your disobedience, by your sin, by my sin, by my disobedience. But I turn around. I have a change of mind. I say, I am giving my life to Christ. God, I'm a sinner. I realize you died on the cross for my sin. I repent. I confess that sin to God, and I say, God, it is sin. I am sorry, and I start going this way, the absolute opposite way, and I try to follow what's in this book. I might not do it perfectly, but that's what I strive to do. Now, when we look later in the Gospel of Luke, there are three stories called parables, and they're all about lost and found. The first one is the parable of the sheep. And he says, if someone has a hundred sheep and, he, and one gets lost, would not the shepherd leave the 99 that are okay and go after the one that is lost? That is the heart of a shepherd. He goes after the one that is lost. And then he gives another illustration. And he gives the illustration of a person who has 10 silver coins. And with those 10 silver coins... The lady loses one. 
And what does she do? The Bible says she, she puts her, turns her lamps on, lights the lamps. She begins to sweep the house. And she begins to diligently search, probably down on her hands and knees, looking for that lost coin. Why? Because it's valuable. She wants to find the coin. And it says she will search until she finds the lost coin. And then the last parable is a parable of the two sons. And the one son asks for his inheritance from his father, and he goes and lives in a foreign land. And the Bible says he lives riotously and recklessly. And he wastes all his inheritance. And then the Bible says he actually sits down and he begins to feed pigs because he doesn't have any resources and kind of eating what the pigs eat. And then the Bible says he comes to his senses. To come to his senses, realize he's coming to reality. See, a lot of people don't live in reality. He comes back to reality and he says, you know what? I have sinned against my father. I need to go back to my father and repent of my sin. So he turns the other way and he goes back home to his father and he says, Father, I have sinned. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And at that point, the father forgives him because of his repentance. Every one of those stories talks about repentance and joy. Repentance comes first and then joy follows. When I realize I'm a sinner and I have confessed that sin to God, I feel guilt, I feel shame, I feel sorrow for my sin. I turn from that sin and I trust the Lord Jesus Christ to be my savior. Here's what the scripture says. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He is the Savior. There is no other way. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you are putting your faith and trust in anything other than the death of Jesus on the cross, that other thing you're trusting in won't wash away your sin. Only Jesus will. So I would ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. And in this moment of quiet, if we were sitting down at a coffee table, just you and I, and I would say, what about your mess. Have you dealt with your mess? Have you dealt with your sin before a holy God? If God said your name and said, what have you done with Jesus? Have you accepted him? Have you accepted the payment of Jesus' death on the cross as payment for your sin personally? Was there a time and a place historically where you can look back and you can say, yeah, I remember this time where I recognized my sin. And I asked Jesus to come into my life and forgive me and make me a new person. Has Jesus entered your mess personally? And you've gotten forgiveness for your sin. 
All you have to do is ask him to come into your life, to come into your mess, forgive you of your sin, repent, turn away from that sin, and start following after Jesus. I would encourage you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart, would you give him your life today? Would you just ask him in the quietness of this moment, right where you're seated, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve your eternal wrath and judgment, but I believe in the story of Christmas that Jesus came to die for my mess, for my sin, that I could be forgiven. Invite him into your life. And if you make that decision today, would you let me know or someone so we can get some resources to you help you grow and walk with Christ? hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.